and welcome to this Caban Professional Learning Podcast, aiming to present the essential ideas in initial teacher education in manageable chunks. This pod is the first in a series envisioned to cover a wide range of topics all concerned with working in initial teacher education. So let's get the health warning out of the way first off. This is never going to be a substitute for reading up on the ideas presented here or engaging in professional learning discussions or maybe even a learning experience, some form of CPD. But it should give you the absolute bare bones of the thing so you have a foundation and know where to go next. These podcasts were created in response to a needs analysis undertaken with the partners in Caban as we take Caban Banga to the next stage in its development. They aim to help and support anyone working with student or associate teachers, but who is unfamiliar with some of the more academic ideas or theories behind what good teaching and teacher education looks like. So let's get a few introductions out of the way. If you didn't know, Caban Bangor is the teacher training partnership based in North Wales, comprising Bangor University, the Collaborative Institute for Education Research Evidence and Impact, Kiri, GWARE, the North Wales School Improvement Service, and our lead network schools located across the region. And I'm Graham, hosting this pod. I work at the School of Educational Sciences at Bangor University and work across the teacher education programmes. I have a background in teaching outdoors, involving science, physical education, adventure education, but I'm also keen to explore how new technology can support learning at all levels, hence producing these pods. And finally, before we get into this episode's content, why a podcast? Well, whether you're into podcasts or this is your first one, you'll hopefully find out that if this one is useful, you'll be able to find others that inspire, educate, and even entertain you. If you're still wondering what on earth this is, then think of it like this. A podcast is a spoken radio program that you can access at any time. Stop, pause, rewind, hear again. A bit like a really short audio book, if you like. You can listen at home, in the car, driving to work, whilst out walking the dog, in the gym, anywhere really, the choice is yours. The challenge is that it's audio only. Perhaps that won't work for you. But sometimes it can be helpful to hear someone explaining something and really listen to get the idea clear in your own mind. Well, that's the idea behind it anyway. And it's quite a challenge sometimes, as I've said. But we'll see how we get on. So this time we're looking at some words that get banded around in education fairly frequently. Well, one of them does anyway. Today, we're talking pedagogy, andragogy and hutagogy. If you're working in education, you've almost certainly heard of the first one. But the other two? I could even say that pedagogy is sometimes erroneously used to mean all three. So let's start by explaining what they all have in common. And for that, we need to dip our toes into classical languages a little bit, specifically Greek. The common endings to these words indicate they share something. And that something is the Greek word ago or to guide. Now, interestingly, all three are quite different. And as we'll see, perhaps involve less guiding than we might actually think. But it's a starting point. Another thing to remember is they're not just different versions of the same thing. There are subtle differences as well as the obvious ones. So in order to better understand each, it's helpful to think of them and what they look like in several categories. This might also surprise you and hopefully challenge you to think a bit more carefully about the morass that is often just called pedagogy. We'll consider each one in terms of dependence, the resources for learning, reasons for learning, the motivation for learning, the focus of learning and the role of the teacher. First of all, pedagogy. As the name implies, this concerns children, the peda bit at the start, like paediatrician, who is a doctor specialising in treating children. This could mean that it doesn't apply to anyone who's not a child, but let's see if that holds true. The learner is considered a dependent personality, 
so the teacher determines what and how learning occurs. The learner doesn't have much in the way of resources, and initially this can look like a straightforward transmission of knowledge, although this is a much more complex area than that. But when academics first thought of pedagogy, this is what they understood as teaching. The children are learning to get to the next stage, wherever that may be. It could be said that the learning is subject-centred and focused on a prescribed curriculum and is planned in sequences determined by the subject matter. The motivation is largely extrinsic. In other words, it comes from outside the child, from parents, teachers, or other children. The teacher plays a central role in the learning process and designs the learning process and provides or signposts the material. The next term is andragogy, and its name implies that it relates to adults. So the dependence in this form of learning reflects that adults are independent learners and strive for autonomy and self-direction. Adults tend to use their own and others' experiences as a resource for learning and gaining new knowledge. Adults tend to learn when they perceive a need to know more or perform more effectively. Adult learning is initially seen to be task or problem-centered, and the motivation is largely intrinsic, be that connected to professional development, recognition, self-esteem, or any combination of those that arise from effective or successful performance. In this context, the teacher, if they're even called the teacher, acts as an enabler or facilitator and looks to create a climate of collaboration, respect and openness. Food for thought there, perhaps. Finally, the least talked about of the three, though perhaps not uncommon as this makes it seem, heutagogy. This is often thought about as the apogee of learning, as it really means self-directed learning. Here, learners are independent. They identify the potential to learn from novel experiences as a matter of course and manage their own learning. A teacher may provide some resources, but the learner determines their own path through the resources and how they use them, if at all. Learning is not usually linear or even necessarily progressive and may even be spontaneous or serendipitous. Learning may not be based on a need to learn or know something. There's perhaps a greater understanding of the potential to learn in a wide range of situations, many of which may be novel. Learners go beyond problem solving to learn even when there is no problem or situation to deal with. They engage in learning at least partly for its own sake, but engage in sharing experiences with others, reflecting on their own and others' experiences, engaging with their environment, and they may also consider problems proactively, i.e. anticipating them before they arise, along with avoidance strategies or solutions. The role of the teacher is perhaps best described as developing the learner's capacity for learning or developing capable people who know how to learn, are creative, have a high degree of self-efficacy and intrinsic motivation and can apply competence in a familiar and novel situations. So there we go. Clear? Well, probably not. These definitions or ideas can start a professional discussion either between colleagues or between mentor and associate student teacher, wherever it goes. Much of the focus of teachers, and hence teacher educators, is in developing that independence of thought amongst and within children. So perhaps this is better thought of as hootagogy rather than pedagogy. And what about working with student or associate teachers? Is everything we do with them andragogy? Are there aspects of pedagogy in our practice with them? Should they be moving towards hootagogy? Perhaps this is a topic for another discussion, and there certainly needs to be a consideration of what we mean when we say learning, as this is Pandora's box all of its own with overlap between cognitive knowledge, psychomotor skills, interpersonal or affective aspects, all leading our consideration. Either way, terminology is important so we have a common vocabulary in order to properly understand each other in our partnership working to support associate teachers and so that they get a consistent message as they develop their own teaching skills and pedagogy. But we'll leave it there for today. Perhaps that will entice you back for another episode to find out more.
this andragogic approach encouraging your own hudagogic practice, perhaps. If you'd like this pod, then consider leaving a review or a star rating wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.